G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hello, it's Neil Johnson. Welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. In 1893, three young men set sail for Africa, called by God to reach out to what's now known as the nation of Nigeria. Well, in less than a year, two of them had died, and the remaining missionary returned to Canada, sick and grieving but not defeated. There would be two more attempts to enter Nigeria before the first base was established by the mission organisation SIM in 1901. Things were so tough that after 10 years, there were only five converts. By 1937, that number had grown to 12,000 believers, and now there are millions. It's an amazing story we'll talk about today, and now for the first time, an African man has been appointed as the International Director of the mission organization SIM. His name is Dr. Joshua Bogunjoko. He's at the helm of SIM now from the United States, and he's in Australia to speak on a tour telling the Nigerian story. Dr. Joshua Boganjoko, welcome to Australia and to 2020. Thank you. Good afternoon. What an amazing history of SIM in Africa, and particularly your homeland of Nigeria. Uh, being an African man and now the leader of SIM in Nigeria, do you often reflect on the journey so far that SIM has had? Um, absolutely, yes, I do. SIM paid a high price for the gospel to be preached in my part of Nigeria. And uh, myself and many others like myself in the church in Nigeria are truly grateful to SIM for the persevering faith that it demonstrated in preaching the gospel to my people and to my part of Nigeria and to many other parts of Nigeria as well. Of course, uh, SIM had a significant ministry all across uh, what we call the middle belt of Nigeria as well as the northern part of Nigeria. Well, over a hundred years ago, when those early missionaries turned up in Nigeria, they were battling things like not only disease, but there was slave trading, there was cannibalism, paganism, worship of witch doctors. And I'm wondering whether it's easier today to be a minister of the gospel in Nigeria. I'm assuming that it is. What are your perspectives? Oh, absolutely. It's very different than when uh, the three pioneers arrived in Nigeria in 1893. Um, at that time, uh, there was even no road to go to the places where they were seeking to go, which was the interior part of Nigeria. Uh, today, the nation of Nigeria is very different. It's much more developed, and uh, there is a lot more access in Nigeria. So definitely, it's a lot easier to be a minister of the gospel today in Nigeria than it was at that time. And reflecting too on those early days that by the end of the first 10 years of that missionary work there in Nigeria, there were only about five converts. Uh, these days, 
just in your uh, Evangelical Church of West Africa, there are more than six million members. It's just amazing how when this message of the gospel gets into people's lives, transformation takes place. Absolutely. Uh, I believe uh, the Equa Church is uh, a clear example of that. Um, By the way, that church has changed its name to Evangelical Church Winning All because it it sees its worldwide mandate of uh, taking the gospel to other places, just like uh, the pioneers who brought the gospel to Nigeria. Um, it used to be said that in the first, uh, I believe, uh, seven to eight years of the history of SIM in Nigeria, there were more graves of missionaries than, than there were converts. But uh, God has honored their faith, and uh, the church has grown significantly, like you already mentioned. And that church is now also taking the gospel to other parts of the world. As I understand it, Joshua, there's something like 2,400 missionaries that are serving within Nigeria and, as you say, beyond. Whereabouts in Nigeria are you sending missionaries to around the world? Well, from the Equa Church alone, I mean, there are, like you already said, uh, several missionaries serving within Nigeria. They are serving in all parts of Nigeria, in northern Nigeria, in southern Nigeria, southeastern Nigeria. There are st- still significant unreached people, unreached in terms of the gospel. Uh, there are still a number of unreached people in Nigeria. There are smaller groups, but they are there, and we believe the gospel is for everyone. But Equa uh, is also sending missionaries to other parts of the world, uh, other parts of West Africa, like Niger, Gambia, uh, Ghana, Burkina Faso. They are sending missionaries to, other, to Western parts of the world as well. Uh, they've got missionaries in the U.S., in the U.K., um, and uh, other Nigerian uh, organizations and churches are sending beyond that. Joshua, how important is it and how significant is it that you are the first African international director of SIM? Well, I I usually say to people that uh, I think I need to allow others and uh, um, other historians to kind of draw the conclusion on that. But certainly it meant a lot to uh, people back home in Africa and in, in Nigeria in particular, but in Africa in general, I was just in uh, Ethiopia a couple of uh, weeks ago, and uh, the, the church in Ethiopia, uh, many members of those church came to me to just express how pleased they are and how excited they are that you know, God has called me as an African into this role. Uh, personally, I, I just see it as an opportunity to serve God's people, uh, I actually don't reflect too much on the significance of it, but I'm sure that uh, there are other people who are doing that reflection. It means a lot to them because to many it's a sign of uh, how far the Lord has brought the church in Africa in general, but also to how far the Lord has brought the church in Nigeria. Joshua, let's talk about your personal journey, your personal story of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. In a nutshell, just in a short way, how are you able to describe your own journey so far? Well, uh, my journey is uh, just uh, that of someone who the Lord found, like everyone else who had come to faith in Christ. Um, I came from a a home of a mixed religious expression. 
where both of my parents came from uh, an idol-worshipping paganistic background, uh, converted to Islam earlier on, or particular perhaps just took on Islam as part of the whole package, really, never really truly became Muslims, but uh, uh, encountered the gospel and then started going to church, uh, but never really truly understanding the gospel, uh, which is probably true of many people in the church today. So I was born into that context of going to church without an understanding of the gospel. And it was in high school that I really came to understand what the gospel meant, the fact that Christ died on the cross and rose again for me uh, to pay the price for my sins, and I could receive forgiveness of sin by putting my faith in him. And uh, it was at that point in high school I put my faith in Christ. And, uh, yeah, from that moment, I, I wanted to please God in everything. And I remember praying that God should take my life and use it as he pleased, because I was just so grateful for what God has done for me in Christ. And, uh, yeah, that, that's just uh, the beginning of the journey. Dr. Joshua Bogan-Joko is our guest. He's the new international director of SIM. He's in Australia for a number of speaking dates, uh, particularly the uh, SIM World Conferences and the Reach Out Conference. There'll be some dates on the SIM website at sim.org.au. Joshua, stay with us because Nigeria, such a land of contrasts uh, with Islam in the north and Christians in the south, I'm interested to hear your perspectives. We'll come back and talk some more shortly. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking to Dr. Joshua Bogan-Joko. He's at the helm of SIM, the Christian Mission Organization, as the first African man to be appointed as the international director of SIM. It means he's had to move to the United States to lead SIM. Well, in our last segment, we heard the amazing beginnings of SIM where things were so tough when missionaries arrived over 100 years ago that after 10 years, there were only five converts. Well, that number grew to 12,000 believers by the 1930s. And now in the Evangelical Church of West Africa alone, there are 6 million members. Joshua Bogunjoko. When we think of Nigeria, well, you've got the Islamic people in the north, you've got Christians in the south, and it's along that border between the two that we see the biggest problem of violence and persecution against Christian believers. That's true. Uh, There has been a lot of uh, clashes um, and religious violence, especially in the Middle Belt or in the northern part of the Middle Belt where the north and the south meet. And... uh, yeah, I think some of these uh, things are, are, are expected. Some of these are the realities of uh, two faiths confronting each other, and especially for Christians, is the reality of the life of Christ, that uh, we face persecution, and those persecution come in different forms, and this is one of them. Because on our news here in Australia, from time to time, we'll hear of uh, car bombers and people who are... Uh, from the Islamic faith, bombing Christian churches on that borderline between the the Islamics in the north, Christians in the south. And our heart often goes out to uh, people in Nigeria who are putting up with that level of uh, disruption to their lives and danger to their lives. I guess you're confronting that almost on a daily basis. 
Um, that's true. Uh, although personally, because I don't currently live in Nigeria, I don't uh, confront that on my own uh, uh, on a daily basis personally, but many of our team members do confront that at different levels. Uh, many uh, of our missionaries work in northern Nigeria, uh, where this is the reality of life. And many of our friends and families live in that part of Nigeria, where it is the reality of life. So uh, basically, uh, almost every Sunday, you wonder what news you will hear uh, from Nigeria, and you wonder how uh, many of uh, uh, our families, our friends, our workers, our, our missionaries are doing. Describe for me the typical church service on a Sunday in Nigeria. What is it like when believers are coming together? Can you describe what it looks like? And and typically, and I guess we're talking about the evangelical church of West Africa, what does it look like? Well, I mean, the, the evangelical church is a, a church that takes the Word of God seriously, but also takes worship seriously. Uh, First of all, the gathering on Sunday is a celebration of, of Christ and what he has done for the individual believers. So there's often a time of worship, and, uh, and those could be quite vibrant, depending on which part of uh, Nigeria you are or which particular church congregation you're in. There's a lot of choir singing and, you know, with some dancing that goes with that. But there are also churches that are quite solemn in their approach uh, because the cultures are different from one part of Nigeria to the other. These differences in culture are also reflected in the church and in the way the worship service goes. But uh, the central piece of the church service is the Word of God. Um, Evangelical Church uh, is uh, a church that really focuses on the Word of God and believes that's the center of the Christian life. So the teaching of the Word, the preaching of the Word, is usually a key part of the church service. But so is prayer. Uh, a lot of time is spent in prayer. Nigerians are people who believe passionately in prayer. They really believe, and I believe along with them, that our lives depend on God, and we relate to God and commune with God through prayer. So prayer is a strong part of the church service in Nigeria. Joshua, in Australia, we're not used to security in our local churches, but I'm assuming that because of the risk of suicide bombers, car bombs, that uh, security detail would be a part of almost every church service, particularly in those uh, hotspot areas that are most at risk. Um, actually, uh, the security detail is quite an invisible part of the church. I mean, other than the, rea- the fact that uh, there are you know, roadblocks and things that have been put up by the military and by the police to protect these churches, um, there are no significant uh, security presence in the church on Sundays. Uh, the, the Christians really uh, take seriously that uh, part of the Christian life is the risk that we take in terms of uh, persecution. Many Christians see what is happening in persecution times, and when you look at it from that perspective, there are uh, certain steps you can take and certain steps you cannot take. Um, Part of what you don't do is uh, visible armed uh, protection around your church. But for sure, the government has to do what governments are expected to do. And you do have that presence of uh, government-mandated security around the area where the church services are happening. 
You mentioned the passionate nature of, and I think you used the word vibrant nature of worship, but also that very passionate nature of prayer. What does it do for a praying believer when they know that they are, in fact, under threat from potential for a car bomber or a suicide bomber? I think this is sense in which you feel, you believe that uh, these things are under God's control and that you can trust God. And that comes from a heart of worship and a commitment to prayer. A sense that prayer is a communion with God, that you, God actually hears and answers prayer. Uh, without that faith in the, in the God who answers prayer, you, don't, you cannot take the kind of risk that many take. Uh, in Nigeria on Sundays, especially in the north, to go for worship. But they do know that because they trust in God and they pray, God will only do that which is right for his own glory and for themselves. So that is the kind of thing that that happens when people believe passionately in prayer. Joshua, you've got some speaking tour dates here in Australia. What sort of things are you sharing with your Australian audiences? Well, first of all, I will be sharing about uh, what God has done in SIM in the past uh, several years, in the past 120 years, and what that has meant for the church, uh, not just in Africa, but in other parts of the world. But also uh, looking at that as a, uh, as a, ma- a marker, like a milestone that, uh, you know, the Israelites uh, uh, used when they crossed the Jordan. Uh, the past is not just what we're about. We are much more so about the future. So where is God leading the church today? What is God's call to the church today, not just in Australia, but in other parts of the world? How is the Lord bringing his people together, his churches together from different cultures uh, to serve him? How is God gifting different cultures with different passions and different commitments and bringing that together in world mission to declare his glory among the nations and to proclaim uh, the gospel to the nations, to the people who still live and die without hearing the gospel. How is God bringing that together as he raised workers from all these different contexts where the gospel has made impact? Those are some of the things I'll be sharing uh, in these different meetings. Well, SIM celebrating 120 years of God's faithfulness and remembering the past, embracing the future. Dr. Joshua Boganjoko is the new international director of SIM. Uh, he's speaking at various dates, and I'll point you to the website at www.sim.org.au uh, to find out where those uh, gatherings are. Uh, Joshua, just a pleasure hearing your heartbeat and uh, talking about these aspects of mission. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you so much. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.